This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It really is a pleasure to have you. I can already tell that uh, we're going to have one of the best conversations ever, man. Uh, so, Michael, welcome. How are you? I am awesome. Really looking forward to this opportunity. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, you know, right off the bat, uh, when we look at your background, and for those that are only listening, uh, podcast uh, audio wise, he's got a nice background that says Breakfast Leadership Network. Now, those are like the three favorite things for entrepreneurs: breakfast, leadership, and a network. So, <laughs> I, I want to. I, I have my guess at it, and I got some notes here, but I want to hear in your own story. How did you get here? And our favorite way to kick that that whole thing off is by first asking. Do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, uh, creatives, working professionals? I don't. I don't. Uh, both my parents and then grandparents and their parents and uh, as far back as we can see, um, other than people that immigrated. I would say immig- you know, people that immigrate in a way are entrepreneurs in a way because they're basically walking away and starting afresh and starting new with nothing planned. So, But uh, I am really the first generation uh, in my direct line of family that you know, launched you know, their own business. And where the breakfast leadership came from uh, came through my own journey with burnout. Uh, and that's the type of work that I do. I work with organizations and speak at conferences all around the world on burnout prevention and then the great resignation and quiet quitting and whatever new phrase comes up in the hiring and employment space. But I had really bad burnout back in 2009, and it actually was building for a couple of years from 2007 to 2009, where I was basically working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. seven days a week. That's also known as entrepreneur world. But in my situation, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was leading a healthcare clinic, ironically. And it was a startup. So lots of work involved, recruiting physicians, hiring staff, uh, having a really proactive board of directors that wanted to do a lot of great things. Uh, but there really wasn't any boundaries that I was putting in as far as when I worked and when I didn't. And it took a pretty significant toll on me in 2009, where over a period of 369 days, so just over a year, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack that should have killed me at age 40. Then 17 weeks later, that job uh, decided that they didn't want me anymore, so they let me go. That was during the Great Recession. We all remember that. That was fun. And I was in Windsor, Ontario, across the border from Detroit, Michigan. If you remember, uh, both the U.S. and Canadian government had to bail out the U.S. auto sector because they were, especially General Motors, was on the way out. They were filing bankruptcy and they may have gone away, uh, but the government bailed them out to make sure that that didn't happen to save the jobs that they created. Then from there, after being unemployed for several months and trying to find new work, uh, I ended up requiring a relocation up to Toronto. And when I got up to Toronto, my family was still back in the Windsor area and got a phone call 
while I was working and I was commuting back on the weekends, I got a phone call from my oldest daughter who was 10 at the time. Basically, she was able to tell me that the bank had come and repossessed her family vehicle. When you're on unemployment and you have very limited income and you're on heart medication to keep you alive that costs you $1,000 a month out of pocket, you have to make choices. And unfortunately, you know, our choices were food for the family and medication for me to keep me alive. And you know, we worked with our creditors and they knew what was going on. But if you remember during the Great Recession, a lot of people were going through this. So the grace period ran out and the bank, rightfully so, uh, took the vehicle. And then a few weeks later, finally found a place up in Toronto to move and moved everything up. And then we forgot the bunk bed ladder for our kid's bed. Um, thankfully, our old middle child at the time uh, was uh, kind of a monkey. So she always wanted the top bunk anyway. So she's like, I don't need a ladder. I can get up there. So wasn't a big deal. But I was going back to that area the following weekend uh, to visit with some friends and family. And I said, I'll just swing by the house and grab whatever we may have forgotten when we moved up because we were getting ready to list the house. So I go back to the house and open up the screen door and I see the largest padlock I've ever seen in my life and a small sticker that said foreclosure. So in a year, heart attack that should have killed me job loss during the Great Recession, car repossessed, home foreclosed all in a year. And all those things happened to me because I was burned out. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't doing right things at work. I was making mistakes. I wasn't eating well. I was not getting any exercise to speak of. And it all came to a crashing halt. And quite frankly, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it gave me an opportunity to go, this is not the way to live, people. And that's one of the key takeaways in, in my talks with people is so many of us are flirting with a year of worst case scenarios. If we're not doing things in life, we enjoy doing for working too many hours. Yeah, if we're not taking breaks, we're not taking care of ourselves. And it just really creates a lot of problems for people. And I see it so often. And of course, over the last couple of years, unfortunately, those numbers continue to climb. So I'm very concerned for humanity as a whole, but you know, those especially that are really struggling with burnout, because I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. Uh, no one should ever have to go through that, but yeah, I, I did. And thankfully I survived it and I made the necessary adjustments to make sure that that never happens to me again. Man, Michael, I mean, you bring up such a really important, and I know that you know this, otherwise you wouldn't be doing this work, but it's, it's an important topic specifically in America because the way hustle culture is glorified. You know, it's no secret on this show that Jason dislikes the word busy because a lot of people will find themselves busy and not actually producing anything, right? Uh, and it, it, comes, it comes at an incredible cost. And some people just are in a position in life where they do have to work that hard because... Uh, they're not leveraging their value enough to be able to argue for more uh, without giving away everything in their body and soul to acquire the bare minimum of living expenses, right? We're not even talking about fancy stuff. This is just, I'm paying my rent and, you know, or my mortgage and a car and groceries and that's all I've got, right? So there's this incredible, interesting mix that people face on a regular basis, not even talking about any traumas they may have to deal with in their life in general, just literally living and getting by in America and workplace culture and hustle culture that is ironic because a lot of people, well, you know, people in China, they work nonstop and incredible hours. That's why Elon even opened up a factory. And I know all these things are interesting topics for you just based off what I've heard so far, because mm -hmm. there's a constant narrative 
uh, I think I saw some uh, post the other day, like on Twitter somewhere where they were like, uh, you do have the time. If you're doing this, this, and this, then you can build this and this. And, and, you know, the list goes on. That narrative is just put in front of people every day. People who work at McDonald's are worried they haven't started their business yet. Well, they don't have any kind of experience to speak of that could even relate to business yet. And yet it's everywhere you look, it's pervasive. Being on one end, and I promise it's a point to this monologue, being on one end of the spectrum where you experienced burnout, and now being a leader and helping people bring more of a balance, uh, more of a uh, clear path of leverage of their time, right? What do you see is the biggest difference between people who are able to have the capacity to get that kind of clarity and that leverage versus people who just seem to squeeze the toothpaste completely out of the tube? And and sometimes they even cut the tube and they take a toothpick and <laughs> scrape it out. It's like they're trying to get every ounce out of it. And I get yeah. it, you know, with, with inflationary costs and recessions and all of that, you, you want to get as much as you can as possible. But I, I think one of the biggest things that I see time and time again for people that are burning out, that are grinding, hustling, or working really long hours is they stop doing things in life they enjoy doing. Because I'm too busy at work or work's really busy. My first career, I worked for a CPA firm. I I still, on April 16th, have this sense of relief. The tax season is over. Even though I haven't worked in that setting since the mid-90s, it's still one of those... Because those were some crazy, intense hours. The thing of it is, we know those are crazy hours. It's like attorneys that are burning out. We know that their work, that type of work, is a heavy workload. There are long hours. There are nights. There's potentially weekends. We know this. That's not going to change anytime soon. So it's like, well, why are attorneys burning out now and not from before? They were before, but they didn't really talk about it as much. But the key thing is when you have two people that are doing exactly the same job and one person's burning out and the other one isn't, time and time again, the one that is not, working the same hours, they're still doing things in life they enjoy doing. They're still getting some rest. They're still enjoying life. They understand that their workload is what it is, but they tend to keep better track of how they spend their time. And I'm not telling people to not watch TikTok videos or camp out in front of Disney Plus or Hulu or Netflix or the 18,000 other subscription services you have. Pro tip, do not add up the total cost of all those. You're going to be alarmed how much you pay every month on that because it's 10.99 here, 5.99 there. That's not a big deal. Well, when you got 10 of them, well, you're you're dropping over 100 bucks on television. So, on top of the cable subscription that you probably still have. So, do the math there. Uh, but ultimately it boils down to doing things in life they enjoy doing. And if that means watching Disney Plus or Netflix or those things, if that brings you joy and fulfillment, then do it. But make sure you get some physical activity in as well. And that's something that I saw kind of go on the decline in those early days of the pandemic. And when we were all sequestered into our homes, please don't go out and all that kind of good stuff. So a lot of people didn't have the same amount of physical activity as they did prior to the pandemic. So that's a component too. But it's, it's, Time and time again, I see usually the biggest difference between somebody that's burning out and someone's not is the one that isn't, is a little bit better as far as keeping track of their time. They've got some systems that work for them on the work that they do. 
And uh, if you're constantly just scattered and you don't know what you're doing and you're constantly moving around, of course, you're going to be stressed out and that's going to take a toll on you. But if you can implement some systems and when you do certain things, even if you work for somebody, you work with them and say, okay, on Mondays, can I do this? Tuesdays, this, Wednesdays, Thursday. If you can get into a rhythm, then you know, okay, it's Thursday. What do I do on Thursday? Accounts payable if you're an accountant. Okay, great. So you know that. Your brain is ready for that. Yes, there might be some interruptions, but ultimately, you know what that's going to be and you know what your day looks like. So look ahead and look for opportunities to just make sure you schedule something. Even, and a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to have coffee with my friends. Well, how long do you normally take to have coffee with your friends? Yeah, maybe an hour. Could you meet with them for half an hour, 15 minutes? Can you carve out that much? I don't know if I can. And if they have an iPhone, I say, let's go into screen time, please. Oh, you average about three hours a day on TikTok. You think you could carve out 15 minutes from there? Just have a quick cup of coffee with your friend? The answer is probably yes. So, so many of us, unfortunately, do not keep a good account of how we spend our time. I'm not going to say time management because time is one of those commodities you lose it instantly. It's gone. That second is gone. It'll never come back. But if you have a, at least an understanding of how you spend your time, you can kind of guide how you spend your time. And then from there, you'll find a little bit more elbow room and maybe ease the stress a little bit for you. Yeah, man. Oh, Jason, I got to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> I'm studies. I'm big on time studies. To do a time study, you can find out exactly what it is you're doing that's productive and then bucket those things in whatever buckets you want to create. It could be, it could be just your job, whatever. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, I'm going to spend 15 minutes on Saturday, 15 minutes goes to this child, 20 minutes goes to this child, whatever. Okay. However you want to do it. See, I hate the word time management it drives me, me too. nuts. Um, me too. I bucket it as time allocation. You can allocate time, but unless you figured out how to, how to uh, manipulate mother nature, you ain't controlling shit. Uh, time <laughs> management. Nope. So, yep. I, I so, wholeheartedly agree. But, but what you can do is you can allocate the time where you want it to go and bucket it where you want it to be bucketed. And then you got to control it. You have to stick to it. You know, so I always say it. My calendar is my master. And I stick to my calendar. I don't, I I very seldom shy away from that. My calendar is in my personal life and it's also in my professional life because that's what works for me. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm similar to that. And, you know, sometimes if somebody said, okay, you have a choice for the next five minutes, you lose your calendar or you lose oxygen. I'm going to think about that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to do uh, you know, I'm probably going to go oxygen, but I'm like, uh, my calendar. Uh, but you know, another thing that has worked for me is if you have an understanding where your energy levels are throughout your day and you think, I feel I'm energetic, I'm, I'm gangbusters, let's go, or I'm a little lethargic kind of thing. When you are constructing how you spend your time, if you can match those tasks that require certain types of energy with the time that you typically are at an energy level that would make sense, then you can really start getting some momentum going. Because for me, I know the mornings more task oriented. I can do a lot of things afternoons better for interviews, conversations, um, you know, maybe 
daydreaming, planning, things like that. And, you know, it's, it's a ebb and flow kind of thing for me. And I, a lot of it too, is just understanding where my energy levels are. And so many people don't. So I keep a food journal, I keep an energy journal. So I'm like, okay, how am I doing today? Today, Friday, I, I've got all kinds of energy and all kinds of gasoline and we're ready to go. Or if you're an EV car, the car's fully charged. Um, we're good. And there are some Fridays where it's like, okay, well, that was a week. And I look back at this week and this week was productive. There was a lot of things that I did, but now I'm going to go back and cause I continually do this and I'm like, okay, why was I so energetic on Friday? Okay. What, what did I do? You know, and try to figure out, you know, from a hack standpoint, okay, what did I do to create that energy level? And, you know, I had a really good breakfast. I went out, the sun is shining, you name it. There was a, there's a variety of things that will come to mind. It's like, okay, this is why I'm feeling so good because of all of these factors. How can I duplicate that? What can I do? Sometimes there's external things you have no control over. I can't control if it's going to be sunny today or not, but I can control, all right, what am I going to do today? And when you do that, then it just, it makes your days easier. You're not going into the day going, I, I know on my days, what I typically do. I know what I do on Mondays. I know what I do on Tuesdays. I know what I do on Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. I don't schedule anything ahead of time other than like in this situation, your know, podcast interview, because I knew this day was open. I didn't have everything loaded up. And sometimes we, as entrepreneurs get into trouble because we, just fill up our days and we don't give ourselves any elbow room just to breathe. And, and I say this a lot to people. I think a lot of us have just simply forgotten how to be bored and just sit and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just sit. And it, what happens is your brain, because you're an entrepreneur constantly going and all of a sudden you start relaxing a little bit. Next thing you know, you start getting clarity. You start getting clarity hold on because all of a sudden you're going to start seeing some breakthroughs. Next thing you know, your business in all likelihood is going to have a breakthrough. Now there's other things involved that created that, but you're going to see things differently, maybe a little bit clearer. And if you see things clearer, then you'll be able to pivot and adjust accordingly and maybe land that deal or maybe come up with a new product or service that is a game changer for your organization and your clients. You can do that just by relaxing and whatever it takes to do that. And everybody's different. You know, some people they're great into yoga. I mean, I look at that and go, um, can I get back up if I sit down? I'm a little more flexible. I'm working with a physiotherapist. So we're, we're working on, cause you know, as ergonomic as I do, and I got a standing desk and things like that, I still get a little bit of tension in the neck and stuff like that. So I, I get some work on that, but, uh, next I'll say, okay, let's, let's work on the legs now, because again, you know, I walk a lot, but you know, there's a, you know, if I was sitting down on the floor, it's like oh, getting back up. It's like, is there like a railing or something I can grab on? And I shouldn't be doing that, but you know, some days it's like, oh, okay, it's getting old, sucks. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just understanding what makes you tick, what energizes you, and match the things you're doing with your energy levels. All of a sudden, you start doing a lot more and accomplishing a lot more in less time because you're fully there to do it. Yeah, man. It's something that I want people to be able to observe is we just heard a story of someone who had achieved burnout and was in the darkest places in their life. And now when we hear you speak, there's passion, there's energy, there's clarity. People need to observe that, right? Not just hear what you're saying, but observe the characteristics 
that are in front of us. Uh, you can't be the kind of person that shows up. Everyone needs to have energy, and right? That's not how you're showing up. So there's 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 substance to where you're coming from. And I want people not just to take your word for it, but to literally see what I know Jason and I can see and somebody who's passionate, energized about what they're doing and what they're saying. Uh, with that said, if you did have like this is bottom line, this is what people need to know when it comes to energy and their, the management of their life force, if you will, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, what does that take? If there's one thing, there's several components that can help you have the lifestyle that you want to have and the energy and all of that. But if there's one thing that I tell people to do is do whatever you can to make sure you get the best quality sleep you can, um, consistent. And that means getting the right bedding, the right mattress, instead of buying that 80 inch brand new television that the big box (laughs) store has on sale. And I know we're early in the football season, the time of this recording, but you know, we know it's going to happen January. There's going to be all kinds of sales on those television for the big game. And we know that. And yeah, you're like, Oh, that's a great price. But you know what? If you spend quality money on a good mattress, a pillow blankets that are comfortable for you, you'll get a good night's sleep. And when you get good, consistent sleep, your body repairs the damage that we do to ourselves on a daily basis because stress does damage. The foods we eat do damage. The information we consume, because it's all positive when we watch the news, isn't it? Uh, doesn't matter what flavor you watch. I don't care. It's all negative. So if you're constantly consuming that, you're just consuming negativity. What does that do? It stresses you. So you toss and turn. You don't get a good night's sleep. So your body does not get enough rest to repair today's damage. So it piles up to tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then you too can get clogged arteries like I had. And then you get to have stents in an artery and good times and heart medication and all the other fun stuff that I had to go through. Don't wish that upon anybody, but we're seeing it. We're seeing people under age 40 having heart attacks now. That's unheard of. Heart attacks usually were in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and above, but now we're seeing 40s and even late 30s. And I'm thinking, okay, someone in their late 30s has a cardiac event. And if they don't do all the work to help get them either at least off the medications, but or at least live a healthier lifestyle, they're looking at decades of medications and you know there's long-term and short-term impacts on some medications, complications. We don't know a lot of them because the medications haven't been around for long. I used to work in healthcare. So I, I know these things. I had conversations with many a drug rep and, and doctor and all of that. But ultimately, if you get a good night's sleep, you're giving yourself a fighting chance to be able to navigate around or through the stressful situations that we all face on a daily basis. So Spend the money. Don't buy the $2 pillow. Buy a pillow that is comfortable for you. Same thing with your mattress. Same thing with your blankets and sheets. The room temperature, if you live with someone, it's statistically impossible that you will agree on the temperature. (laughs) It just isn't. So you wait, you wait till your partner's asleep, you get up, you turn it down, you wake up in the next morning, it's back to the temperature because he or she 
knew what you did and went up while you were sleeping and changed the temperature. Or if you've got one with the phone, you're just constantly playing on your phone to switch the temperature. Don't have your phone in your bedroom, by the way. Go buy an alarm clock. They still sell them at stores and online. You Use those. Don't use your smartphone because you're going to look at it. And next thing you know, I'm just going to check something. And 45 minutes later, you've had blue light constantly in your face and you're tossing and turning because you saw something you didn't like on TikTok or Instagram because somebody posted something that made you mad. And then you're mad about it. And there you are trying to go to sleep and you're mad. Don't just wait for tomorrow. Don't worry. It'll be there. Oh, man, I am guilty as charged. I you I read my Kindle. I, I not even I use the Kindle app on my tablet when I'm going to sleep and I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm reading before I go to sleep. But then I'm just, you know, all the blue light, even with the blue light removal, it's still the same device. It, even there's like minimal levels, but that's enough to keep your body from jumping into that. And I keep telling myself, I'm just going to get one of those actual Kindle paper whites, whatever that doesn't have some mm-hmm. kind of led on the back of it blazing into my eyes. I, it's so true, man. Uh, so many of the things that you were talking about, including betting, I there was a time, uh, and I, and I, and I, where I was, this is really really early on. I want to say maybe 2015. I was living in an office, you know, so that I could keep my expenses down while I launched a business, and I was sleeping on one of those really poorly cheap made futons. And I remember just waking up, back problems, didn't feel like I got any rest. And then later I, you know, I went to Ikea and put all the money in like years later, I'm talking years later. It took me a long time to learn that lesson. And now, even when I abuse my sleep, I still have a fighting chance. Whereas before I was, I was taking both the left and the right hooks uh, from, from life and it was all self-induced. So a lot Mm -hmm. of what you say, I, I, I'm like, I wish I would have heard it a long time ago because I couldn't figure out why I had no energy, why I wasn't inspired. (laughs) It's like, well, have you thought about the way that you're living? You know, and, and it's it, it's tough. Uh, so I really appreciate the sentiment and the fact that you create a platform where you bring up this information for those. Uh, I mean, that's the point of the show. Can you avoid mm-hmm. the slings and arrows that come your way from others' experiences? I mean, this is what Jason and I talk about on the show constantly. And I think you did that today, man. So with that said, if people want to get a hold of you, where should they go? Best place to find me is go to breakfastleadership.com. There's links at the top and you you can go down the rabbit hole, say hi to Matt Hatter and Alice for me if you do. Uh, But just you you look at all kinds of resources that I have on there and I'm on most of the social media channels, really active on LinkedIn. So just, you know, look up Breakfast Leadership or Michael D. Levitt. You should be able to find me happy to connect with you. And if somebody has a question or have, you know, about how, how can I approach this? Yeah, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Right on. Absolutely. Uh, perfect time also to take a moment to give a shout out to someone who made this conversation that uh, you shared with us all these insights possible, right? And uh, today we will talk about scale with social selling. Now, this is an awesome company run by Terry. And uh, essentially, if you're the kind of person that's looking at your calendar and going, I guess this will do, and you're not actually absolutely ecstatic about who is on your calendar for the day for you as a business owner, then you should be speaking with Terry and Scale with Social Selling about how we can change that so that when you look at your calendar, you're like, these are each and every one of these people is exactly who I need to be talking to. Whether it turns into a sale or not, you yourself are scaling up your ability to be in the right room with the right people more often. And that's what you can do by going to try.scalewithsocialselling.com 
And guess what? You'll not only actually have that result, but you'll also find out why you weren't getting that result to begin with. So check that out. Let them know uh, the War Room sent you and uh, you'll get a 20% discount when you get started with them. Uh, now, coming back to, to what we were talking about, Michael, uh, I think it's awesome that you're doing the work that you're doing. And I think your story is incredible, uh, especially because of the fact that I am an over-caffeinated, underslept person, right? And I know that it's not helping me. And somehow, you know, you just, you're a hard, I mean, entrepreneurs are hard-headed, <laughs> you know? Uh, and sometimes the worst habits are, are, uh, are working against our, our success. So I appreciate what you're doing. But uh, before I go to the grand finale question, I want to check in with Jason because I am curious about this. Jason, what are your thoughts so far on what you've heard? Because Michael's been putting it down, man. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to this is business owners and stuff. Sometimes we have to have drastic things happen to us, right? We literally got to get kicked in the face a couple of times. But the problem with getting kicked in the face is some people don't get back up. So um, that's the problem with it. And the ones that do, some of them still don't learn a darn thing from that. And I mean, I have uh, it's a family member of mine that ran a major, major corporation for years, 25, 30 years. And it pretty much just about killed him and his heart functions at like 10% or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really bad. I mean, he pretty much has to, he has to the extreme watch what he does. Um, and, but that's all a, it's a direct result of his life. You know, he, he was a heavy drinker when he was uh, in the business world you know, he went nonstop constantly. All the money in the world doesn't make any difference if you don't ever get to actually enjoy it. So, you know, I hope some people like listened and paid attention and we can all learn a little something from this conversation that happened today because it's a real thing. Burnout is a real thing. I've felt it. I've been there in business and in the military, um, both seen both sides of that burnout and you know it when it hits and it's when it hits, oftentimes it's too late, but when you feel it coming, that's when you got to step back and make some different choices. And I've had to do it several times in my life. <laughs> so, so thanks for the reminder today. I'll, we'll just call that a slap in the face. <laughs> a, 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 a gentle zoom slap there you go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man absolutely i mean i'm one of those people that lives literally down the block from the beach here in los angeles uh near the marina del rey area and i can count on one hand the number of times i've actually gone to spend time there and that was the whole point i moved out here you know like so i i really do appreciate the sentiment in fact earlier today Jason and I both told each other we were going to go for walks. I, I, I legitimately did. I went out I for do. a walk. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? He's right. Because otherwise, it's going to be a long day of just being in front of a computer. Take this opportunity while we can. So with that said, the grand finale, Michael, is if you could have invited anyone to come into this room with us and sit down and listen, maybe contribute, and you had your way, your choice, who would you have loved to have had any point, place, or time in the world to join us and why them? Winston Churchill. 
And the reason being is he went through so much even before he became prime minister. And then, oh, let, let's deal with World War II, shall we? Congratulations, you're finally prime minister. Now, okay, now you get to deal with the World War. Uh, I would love to have hear or heard his insights on how he was able to manage some of the most stressful decisions and choices and situations that any person has ever faced and to be able to come out of it successful um, and to be able to do the things that he was able to do, uh, I think would have been, would have provided some, some good insights. Cause you know, one of my favorite phrases that I've heard in the last couple of years is history may not repeat, but it often rhymes. And a lot of the things that people are doing right now with the stress and the burnout, you know, burnout's been around for a long time. It's not new, but it's getting talked about, which is great. That means if there's talk, hopefully the next step is some action and take control of your life. People, you know, have a good idea of how you spend your time, get some good sleep, eat the foods that are right for you, get a little bit of activity and, and it'll make it a lot easier for you to avoid the burnout jungle that so many of us, unfortunately found ourselves in. Absolutely, man. Big ups to Winston Churchill. I mean, everywhere you look, people, people, there are, there have been great people who have taken the slings and arrows for us, set the standard, set the example. And I think uh, today was another one of those moments where it's, look, you just heard a story. Uh, I know you've heard the stories before. Do yourself a favor and just take a long, hard look at what you're doing and change one thing, one thing, even that one thing, whatever it's going to be, is more valuable than thinking, oh, well, now I got to change everything. Who has the time for that? No, just change one thing, one thing, uh, be it even just one thing. My Apple Watch tries to tell me on a daily basis, care to take a breather for one minute of deep breathing? And I'm like, ah, I'll do it later. <laughs> one minute, not even one minute. If you can't even give that to yourself, what's the point, right? So, yeah, man, thank you for just helping us get this conversation going. Uh, it is tradition around here that Jason closes things out, though. But I've had an absolute pleasure being able to speak with you and listen and learn from you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, yeah, Michael, this was uh, I, I think these are reminders we all need every once in a while, for sure. And, you know, that's really our goal here with the podcast is to, you know, Put those reminders out there because people need to hear them, whether you're a new founder or you're a you know, CEO that's been in the seat for 30 years, right? I mean, the, all this stuff is real. It's a real thing. And if we don't step back sometimes and, and, and realize it, it's like, you know, the first step to identifying a problem is actually stepping back and identifying that there's a problem, right? So uh, unless we do that, then, you know, we continue down these dangerous paths in not, not just business life in its total. So, so thanks for sharing your insights today. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the 30 minutes to be here. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. awesome. Cheers. 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 
Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.